Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the student of the game. I am Kyle Nash here, the student of the game, ready to bring you what you're looking for here in this edition of the podcast. And hey, listen, if you're here, chances are you like talking about sport, and we are glad to bring it to you once again. A few things happened over the past week here, and of course, glad to be presenting all this commentary and such and all this delightful discussion here by way of the Huddle of Podcast, Huddle of Podcast Inc. YouTube channel, uh, Student of the Game, uh, Twitch, Student of the Game Facebook, A7BN Sports Facebook, Beyond the Buzzer Facebook page, because, you know, me and my guy, Danny Thompson, may not do a show together, but darn it, we still have fun. <laughs> and of course, you could be listening to this on demand with Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Glad to bring it to you here. And uh, got to tell you, pretty big episode tonight here. Not a whole lot of NFL focus, but I'm sure I'm going to talk a little bit with bandman Mark Mancini about uh, people visiting my people, but DeAndre Hopkins be, 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 bleh, visiting the Pats and the Titans. I don't know what that's about. We'll get into that a little bit. And, um, of course, uh, later tonight we will have on my dude, Mike Bernier, the burn, talking some hockey, hacky, as the NHL finals uh, have occurred. And uh, we have a winner there. We could talk about what we could take away from that and the coming season as well. What does it all mean? And uh, Mikey, Mikey Byrne will bring the heat to the, uh, to the festivities because the heat will not be brought to championship. And let's go ahead and get in that here. Now, first of all, let me say this too. I said Nuggins and six. Okay. I got the games wrong. And, and for clarity, the heat, such as they are, they had a nice little run in the finals. And I get it. I, I touched on it on this show, and you may have seen it in one of the reels, me kind of breaking down how the Heat had a relatively easier path and, and, and you know, made the best of the opportunity they had. You know, I feel like, though, it would have been a longer series than most would have said. I feel like the Bucks would have um, been better off with Giannis healthy. Duh. Um, I think they would have had a tougher matchup with the Cavaliers and they did the Knicks, um, though I still think they probably would have beaten the Knicks. And also, easily, the most accomplished thing they did was take care of the Celtics. A lot of the public at large um, took the Celtics to be winning that. Clearly, the Celtics were the favorites, even in Game 7 after they were down 3, you know, to the, uh, to the Celtics' credit. They tied it back up and the Heat then ran through and took care of business. But Denver, you know, listen, the franchise getting their first championship. You got to love that. Nikola Jokic taking care of business. I think Jamal Murray's making a name for himself up and rising. And, and every, listen, I'm not going to get too much into the all-time great conversation in Scuttlebutt. Frankly, I have my own issues with talking about somebody on the all-time great list, I give LeBron a bit of a pass because dude's been playing for two damn decades. Like, he has been in basketball just under half my life for all intents and purposes. And while I did very obviously date myself, yeah, I I'm not into guys, uh, certainly like Jokic being talked about as all-time greats. 
and that sort of thing when they're still well in the middle of their career. We, we, it's, it's, it's too early. It's too early, you know, especially, you know, you got people that want to try to say that Steph Curry is better than Larry Bird. Good God. You know, I, I don't know that, you know, it's time to really talk about Nikola Jokic in the grand scheme and, and, and not so much because I feel like um, he hasn't had any accomplishments. If you want to say Nikola Jokic is the best player in the world right now, you're certainly entitled to do that. I won't hold it against you. I don't think it's true yet. Not so much that I think Nikola Jokic isn't a candidate. As I said, if you think Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now, fine. Uh, you have a one would have enough evidence massed up and enough points to make i.e. I, I, uh, the I'm not going to say the invention of it because we've seen it in other ways, uh, uh, other ways, but the let's say the revolutionizing. No, the the prototyping of what the point center should be and look like if one was to exist. You have it now. OK, there's not a whole lot of guys that could do that, even if you like they were there are other big men who passed. Right. Like I can go to Vlade Divas in the 90s. Right. You know, play for the Lakers and the Kings. He. Was best known for being a center who passed pretty well, you know, um, but he didn't shoot it like Joker did. So like. It, 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 the 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 wealth of talent that Jokic presents, I get it. Do I think he's the best player in the game right now? Here's my thing. If you asked anybody going into the NBA Finals who the best player in the world was, everyone would have said Giannis. I don't think Giannis, uh, uh, Giannis is, is going to go it was pretty the universal, pretty universal answer. Some fringe individuals would have said Kevin Durant because they're delusional, you know, um, all of that. Um, what I think in my mind, the only way that Giannis could have put the word undisputed in front of it is if the Nuggets played the Bucks and and Milwaukee was defeated by Denver in these finals. Could that have happened? Sure. Do I feel like they would have been the favorites? I really don't know. I honestly think if if Milwaukee, such as they were, got to the finals, it would depend on how they got there, right? Because we, we already saw enough to see that they were going to struggle against the Heat should they have won. That would have been a six-game series probably if Giannis doesn't get hurt and people be like, why? What happened? Because, you know, there'll be people out there who would who would not remember playoff Jimmy's a thing. I don't know how you forget, but whatever. Basketball is my distant third language. I still know playoff Jimmy's a thing. Hashtag you problem. It's a reverse Taylor Swift. It's you. Hi, you're the problem. It's you. Shouts to EJ Christian. Anyways, go heat, bitch. Anyways, bing. I feel like they would have taking care of the Knicks handily, but if they didn't, there would be skepticism. I feel like they would have battled Boston and it would have been a closer series. I don't think you would have gone seven games, though. That That's what's different. Um, I think that would have been another six-game series and people would have been okay with that. If for whatever reason, the Knicks or Cab series, depending on how you want to talk about it, that second-round series after they got past the Heat, they shouldn't Milwaukee have done so? they would have been seen as 
far more dangerous than the heat. Um, the heat, a lot of people were, were dismissing them. Some people said a four game sweep of the heat. I come on guys, really? They've, they've done enough to not deserve a heat for, or excuse me, a sweep forecast. And I think game two proved that over anybody else. No question. But where I sit in this whole, what have you is, um, is in a completely different space, frankly. Um, People who are trying to say that this is an all-time run by the Knicks, excuse me, the Nuggets, need to help me. I don't know what's special about it. To their credit, dismissing LeBron with a sweep and the Warriors, such with Steph Curry and company, that game or that series be resulting in a Nuggets win, eliminating you know, three of the best players in the game right right now, Steph, KD, and, of course, LeBron, right? I I know that holds its weight. And they were dominant against the Lakers in, in the fact that it was a sweep and all of that stuff. But LeBron's 865 years old. Nikola Jokic was battling Anthony Davis. Like, that, that, I think, was the most fun thing to see probably in that series. And while all the games were close, it was still a sweep. So it, it's really kind of hard. The Lakers, they, too, should have been put in the category if it was an honor to take part. They needed the play-in to get there. Why am I supposed to be impressed? The Suns were a mishmash. You got everything going on there, and you get KD late to try to make all that happen. And now they're in a bit of disarray with the whole Chris Paul situation, all that. Frankly, I think Chris Paul will still come back, but that's not that's here nor there. I'm saying that the Suns might have been the most difficult series, and it was clearly the one where they were most, air quotes, struggling, if you want to even call it that. It was six games, right? That was not, that didn't feel like to me, though, that the Nuggets weren't going to get past them. Minnesota was, wasn't an issue, and I, and I think, the the Warriors were exposed in such a fashion that um, we can con confirm that small ball was a blip in the NBA history. Um, and, and chucking it from the cheap seats is something you could only do with the precisely right set of players. One of them having to be an all-time great shooter like Steph Curry. I'm not ready to say that this was an all-time great run by the Nuggets. I am ready to say they're going to be in contention to repeat. Out West, other than maybe the Suns retooling and, and getting their stuff right, they're about the only team I feel like that can produce a champion. Now, granted, part of that is the stigma in my head of the Sacramento Kings making the playoffs and being very confusing and how they did that. <laughs> they're up and coming and young. They may pull something off there, too. I'm going to give them their due as being a surprise team. Kind of like the Warriors before they made their runs. And Steph Curry was still a young player who wasn't, you know, chucking it from the cheap seats in famous fashion quite yet, right? The Warriors had some early exits before they made it and became the air quotes mini dynasty that so many people, including the lamestream media, want to talk about. I don't think the Nuggets are a major run, but next year I think they'll be in contention. And I'm going to say with the collective bargaining agreement such that it is you'll see some success with the nuggets everybody wants to tell me how bad the nuggets are on defense it's very interesting because in the finals 
the Heat were held to 95.8 points. That's less than 100 points, but the Nuggets are bad on defense. Okay, if that's bad defense, sign me up because I got a group whose lowest scoring throughout the playoffs is nearly 105 points a game here in these finals. And, oh, by the way, that's only after only scoring one game sub 100 and winning the damn championship off of it. So I could go on and on about these things where the lamestream media are trying to tell me this or that about the Nuggets. The bottom line is this, my friends. They won the championship. They did it convincingly. I think they did it through a relatively easy road. But then so, too, did the Heat, as I've said before. And at the end of the day, while the Nuggets are champions this year, I think they have a real good shot to come out of the West next year. And if somebody in the East actually keeps their stuff in check, be it Philly, be it Boston, though we'll see about that, and um, or, you know, if Milwaukee can avoid the injury bug and, and Chris Middleton can still be a help to Giannis, I think you'll have something there. But... I don't want to go mad with my theories. I got a man that's really good at doing that. The madman cometh. Welcome back, Mark. How you doing? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I've always said when you get on shows, break all the rules and raise the ratings. <laughs> and we had a guy the other day on XM that was a former head of the NBA broadcast, and he was a great guy and everything, but... but when I look at the NBA, I've seen two sports go off a cliff, and they've had a hell of a time trying to get the equipment to get back on the cliff, and that's horse racing and heavyweight boxing. Mm. What I've also seen is a sport that I was regulated in the heyday of 11.30 p.m. tape delays till two guys saved the sport, <laughs> Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Then a guy named Michael came around and really resurrected it. We saw the Kobe's. We've seen the Shaqs. And I've seen what the Warriors are trying to do is keep the dynasties going like the Celtics, Sixers, and Lakers of the teams. But when I look at the NBA today and I see a Denver team, I say to myself, I don't want to take anything away from this team. But when somebody tells me Nikola Jokic or they call into a show that I'm part of and they tell me that he is better than – Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Hakeem Olajuwon, and some of these other guys. You know, you shouldn't do crack and call me on a show. He's a good <laughs> player, but he's not one of these guys that is going to do anything because I grew up with the Dr. J's and I grew up with all these guys. Let me tell you, the reason Miami didn't win that thing is they didn't have big guys and you had to corral a guy like Joe Kitch and they came up short. And I've always followed Pat Riley's motto. You're a nobody. You become a somebody. You become a contender. You become a division champ. You become a world champ. And then you become a dynasty. Mm -hmm. Denver's not there yet. And it might be quite a while. But the NBA today is a little watered down. And I love my Milwaukee Bucks. And I love what's going on. But the West is a far cry. And when we're looking at some of these guys, it just doesn't seem like it was when I grew up with guys that cared. Nobody really cares where Chris Paul's going to 15-minute press conference and then somewhere he goes and then the next city he wants out of the city. But I will tell you this. When you look at what, what has gone on in Denver, and I'm not even from Denver, and I can name you 10 guys going back to the Denver uh, thing. The, the average guy can't even give you three nuggets. I can go back to Fat Lever, Kiki Vandeway, David Thompson, 
the list goes on and on. Dan Issel, but it's a wonderful story what we've seen in Denver. But, you know, Vegas is tripping over their heels thinking that these guys are the favorite to win it again. There's going to be another team that dethrones Denver next year, and it's not going to be Denver winning it. Well, I have to tell you, though, Mark, I feel like whoever that is will have to come from out east, right? Because the west, in my mind, and I kind of touched on it here in the intro, I don't feel like there's anybody that jumps off the page to really compete. But there's still plenty of time to retool. Listen, I don't want to make mistake other guys do and that I caution people, you know, as as more of a football guy not to make these mistakes. I don't want to make those mistakes as somebody who is merely NBA adjacent in my mind, right? Distant third language, as I like to say. Yeah. But I say all of that saying the draft and plenty of free, free agency is still here. I can see enough pieces being added to, let's say, the Suns to get a championship, right? Durant needed uh, a second year to really get acclimated to before he got the stuff at Golden State. And I'm not here to say that that the Suns are, are tooled like that. I feel like the East is going to be a bigger problem. And listen, say what you will about the Heat not having big dudes. Bam Adebayo is the dude that showed me the most in this series than anybody else. Jamal Murray, listen, I'm just hoping he doesn't pull a Troy Hudson and disappear into relative obscurity after a brief playoff run with Kevin Garnett in that first round with the Timberwolves in that victory, and it was adorable for 30 seconds. Um, Bam Adebayo showed me that he's a guy that can do the job down low. Maybe he's not going to neutralize Nikola Jokic, but who really can? A, B, I feel like if you have something then undrafted players assisting Hemi Butler, like let's say we get a Dame Lillard uh, there in Miami, which I can't rule out. It's Pat bleeping Riley. And who doesn't want to play for Spo, by the way? You know, I, I am a Spo stan. Yep. And I have showed the world that as a stan of a coach, you can sex successfully pick against him. Figure that out. But I, I, I think Bam Adebayo has proven that he is, he is a good enough tool to be a big man um, for the Heat, he just needs some kind of hope, some kind of help, I should say, right? So I, I, well, it's the West that I think is is at the feet of the Nuggets. What say you on that? Well, I think what what's happening with the NBA today, and you know, I, I I have seen a lack of defense. I know there was defense where Denver held Miami in check, hold them under hundred average. But it's a lack of defense. It's guys going to cities, and we're having press conferences. And the next thing you know, they 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 want out of the city. We've seen that with Kyrie Irving. I, you know, there, there's there's still a handful of guys that have kept this league where you can really respect it. And the Jason Tatum's, the Greek freaks, the Jokic's, mm-hmm. Jamal Murray's. What's going on down there in Miami with Pat Riley and everything? But then there's some that are just kind of like, you know, you kind of, you know, scratch your head and wonder, where is this league going? Because it, it in some ways, it doesn't remind me of the league that I grew up with when you had the Matumbos and guys like that that were battling. They'd knock you down. You had the bad boys in Detroit. You had the Bulls. And that's, that's where I want to get it back to. What have you done for I me I think lately? we're headed there. I think we're headed though, there, though, Mark. Think about that, buddy, right? Last year... The, the Warriors won the championship, and, and I give them credit for it. Um, that's that's cool. 
and, and, you know, but small ball relatively is dying. Think about the last few championships, not just Nikola Jokic, but what about Giannis and the Bucks doing what they did? What about the Lakers in the bubble being a pretty big team with Anthony Davis handling business there? Bron could not have won that by himself. Anthony Davis was there. Granted, that was the longest stretch of healthy play he's had in his career, one could argue at a high right. level. But, you know, I, I and by the way, somebody who's underappreciated in these playoffs was Anthony Davis. I will grant him that. He had, had a number of 40-point games and stuff and just went precisely nuts. It was great. Um, it was unfortunate that one of those close games by the Lakers didn't turn into a win so we can extend that series a little bit more. I wanted more of that series more than I wanted, let's say, Boston and, and Miami. That was that felt almost like right. I don't think artificial, but it didn't have the same weight to me. But I, I I think we're swinging back that way. Houston tried to mimic the small ball and to chuck it from the cheap seats when they had Harden in them and got no success. I I really think the Golden State Warriors, um, to an extent, like the best way I could compare them is the Steve Nash Suns, and the only difference is Steph Curry was never checked into a scoring table, and and knocked off kilter away from a championship run. And, and, and you know, and granted, I say all that to, to say also, like, the Suns never did anything crazy, like bring in a a Kevin Durant yeah. to bolster their ranks. But I think those, those kind of run-and-gun teams don't generally have a lot of success. And we're well, back to the big man uh, being important again. Well, not only that, but you know what? I think superstars going to teams and trying to, Make it work with superstars just doesn't work. We saw that with Shaq, Kobe, yeah, Peyton, well. and Malone. I think team chemistry is big. You need role players. And the unforgotten hero here, when I looked at Denver, you know, it's kind of like football. Everybody looks at a quarterback, the running back, and wide receiver. You better have an offensive line in place. Mm. Well, everybody looks at Jokic and Murray. I'll tell you the one important guy that Denver that came to the forefront, and I liked him when he was at the Lakers. Cantavius Caldwell Pope was a big instrumental part in, in bringing Denver a championship as well. KCP's a badass. I'm not going to front on that at all. Um, yeah. And yeah. if you told me today, would I take Jimmy Butler or Jamal Murray? I'll tell you, you know, I'm taking Jimmy Butler any day of the week. I just like his game. I like what he brings. He was a winner in all these other cities he played. And I think he'll bring a championship to Miami. I just like what they're doing in Miami. They'll figure it out. They'll go back to the drawing board. They'll figure, you know, what they need to do. But in the NBA today, what's missing to a certain extent, and it's, it's kind of like in baseball with the bunt and the stolen base, what's obsolete is the big man. And Jokic has kind of brought it back a little. Well, yeah, and like I said, I think that more starts with Giannis than Jokic, but Jokic is the one that's carrying it home. Anybody who said the center was obsolete, first of all, keeps forgetting that even Steph Curry, let's make this a hockey analogy, my guy, Steph Curry needed an enforcer, and that dude's name was Draymond Green. In yeah. fact, the only reason they didn't get more championships was the five he got for fighting by kicking a dude in the crotch. I'm just <laughs> Well, and not only that, when you swing over to the hockey aspect of it, Man, that that that's how you build a team is the way it, Vegas has done it. Six years running, bringing some misfits, bringing some treads through Kessel, Quick, Martinez, Marsha saw it there. I just thought they, Florida ran into a buzzsaw there. They're just too big. And, uh, you know, it's it was a nice run by Florida. But, boy, the Bruins are probably kicking themselves in the you-know-what, yeah. letting Bruce uh, 
Cassidy and the Sundance Kid go to Sin City. Oof, I, I'll tell you, and and listen, I know I know there are people out there who are talking cash trash on Flo Florida throughout the series. Shouts to Big Jim Nice of the Huddle Up Podcast. Yeah. I said it. Um, but to take away from Florida's run yeah. being again another scrappy South Florida effort. You know, I, in my mind, and of course I'll have Mikey burned away in on that and he can tell me I'm completely uh, on drugs or not, but, um, I, 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 I respect what's going on and I ain't mad at, listen, I'm not mad at the golden Knights. Sure. They still had to steal UCF's mascot, but that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's going, everything's going good down in Florida. You got a guy batting close to 400 slipping a little there in Seattle the Marlins and the Mariners, but you know, other than that, it's going good. Hey, people are ripping my pirates saying their record. I said, scoreboard, we're in first place. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, are you on? what is an LA guy argue with me, man? The last time I checked, we're ahead of you. And Regardless of the record. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, man. You're you're spending four billion and I'm spending ten dollars. You know, uh, let me tell you something else I'm seeing that it makes as bad as much, if not less, sense to me. Um, and not just because it's baseball, but let's switch it to NFL for a minute. I get that my dude, Deandre Hopkins is, is shopping himself and, 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 and is trying to find a place to play. I understand that, but can somebody please tell me what in the flipping world this dude is doing, exploring Tennessee in, in, in new England, which, okay. The, the, the alleged concept of me. Uh, talking about Bill O'Brien and, and the hatchet that I thought existed between the two of them being buried, that's coming out now as, you know, nobody's taken that personally, and, and the whole situation in the Texans is in the past. Okay, let's pretend that's true. I'm not here to say that the Patriots are a good situation, but they're certainly better than ten a bleep and see. Hey, listen, DeAndre, check this out. You're going to be about the only wheel receiver talent we have with any experience, and you're going to be catching passes from maybe Ryan Tannehill, but probably Will Levis. Are you in? Like, what What am I missing here? Are the DBs in the AFC South that bad? Well, the, the, the problem is when you look at the NFL today, I mean, what is this, a conspiracy theory to not pay a running back? We got Jonathan Taylor going to represent himself. Delvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you can't win in the NFL without a running game. You don't win a Super Bowl without a running game. Go look at Franco Harris. Go look at Roger Craig. It's the same people that keep knocking Aaron Rodgers in New York. What about Joe Montana in Kansas City? What about Peyton Manning that went to Denver? I mean, they won. I mean, you got you. I, I just don't see it. And, and 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 pay Jonathan Taylor, guys. I mean, pay these running backs. You're not going to win. And we got a sag in Buffalo, and I and I love you know Josh Allen. But what's going on in Buffalo is that window of opportunities closing, and now we've hit the panic button because now we don't have you know just battling New England here in Miami, and the Jets are also Rams. We got a division where if you take two, three weeks off, you're not getting into the playoffs in the AFC. You know, a lesser host would say that there's a lot to unpack there. But in my mind, you put together a lot of things that are very highly related there, Mark Mancini. And let me tell you why you aren't the madman here. You make some good points. There are guys that need money and deserve money. Jonathan Taylor isn't one. 
is it and but let me tell you why i know he's been a focal point of that offense but he's also a dude that's already run into injury early if anybody needs to have learned a lesson from running backs is when those injuries start to happen at the click they are paying them is a less wise thing to do but yeah what about Saquon Barkley? You think they should take care of him better. That's not the same damn thing at all. I get it. Saquon Barkley, I make jokes all the time that they finally had the benefit of him playing a full season, and look what happened. And the chances of him finishing the next season are probably pretty low. That's why you do not franchise this man, but you put it on something with a relatively, I'll say relatively high base salary and make it incentive based don't let the uh, the uh what you say injuries bite you in the tail in the salary cap you have to pay him something because he's not only a big producer on that team even our good friend daniel orsino will preach up and down and has on both our shows that saquon barkley is a leader more than just a big uh production piece in that locker room you're going to deal with other intangible issues. Whereas Jonathan T Taylor, in my mind that I've heard, isn't necessarily a leader of that squad. Maybe the problem in Indy is there isn't really a leader right now. Maybe maybe my dude AR-15 is taking care of business. Maybe Anthony Richards doing his thing in minicamp. I haven't heard yet. I need to talk to Dalton Tinklenberg about that. Bing! But I, 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 I don't put Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley in the same category mark because it's two different generations of running back jonathan taylor's too much like franco harris whereas and nowadays you have to be a more athletic roger craig see i'm using your example yeah this is why you set the table for me so nice yeah and which is why what they're doing in buffalo taking a latavius murray who may be extended in the life of his career definitely long in the tooth uh, and a guy I've talked to through the black and gold banneret, he's aware of that. He takes care of his body to extend his career. But I think he's the answer that Buffalo couldn't could need, not just because he's a local there. This isn't a Tim Tebow defense in Jacksonville. But Motavius Murray is the skill set that I think they could use to kind of augment what they're doing in the backfield if they've addressed successfully their issues on the offensive line. So it's, well, there's a lot there. Right. But the big point is when you look at the running back position, the 49ers were treading water till they brought in McCaffrey. And I think he put them over the top there sure. to extend them in the NFC championship game. Yeah, they fell short. But I still think when I look at running backs over the years, Chuck Foreman, Thurman Thomas, mm. uh, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson. You're not going to win in this league, and you're not. And the Rams found that out. I mean, even you know, there were injuries last year; they didn't have a running back that ran a hundred yards in all their games. Yeah, and I think that the 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 compensate that where the pressure's not on because teams will gun for you if they know you don't have a running attack. They'll prepare to to, to, to figure out where that quarterback's throwing and pinpoint it. But if you have a running back that that can move. Then you can knock the defenses off target. And I think by not giving a Taylor, not giving Ezekiel Elliott, not giving some of these other premier running backs what they want, it's a big thing. Look at in, look at in Baltimore now. They could say whatever they want about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he can run. He can throw. He's got Beckham there. If you don't got Dobbins running the ball there, Baltimore is going to no, do nothing. You're going to have a guy throw three, four times on downs and hope people will catch the ball. 
for me, I think that's and 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 not taking away from J.K. Dobbins reducing the ground load off of uh, one Lamar Demetrius Jackson in that scenario. I completely see that. I think that's going to be more about Zay Flowers than yeah. I think anything else. But you make a fair point that uh, it's cool to get these mobile guys that are playmakers and can take over a game, but something needs to be done to reduce the slog. Right, one cannot expect a um, a Lamar Demetrius Jackson to get a twenty nine yard run in a Super Bowl to make him an MVP. One right. cannot necessarily expect to always be lucky enough to get their quarterback back to full strength, like the Eagles did, and in going into the Super Bowl, right? As well, like that. That all you know. That's an awful lot to ask for the grind that is an NFL season. So I, I definitely will sign off from that point. And hey, listen, my team still uses a fullback effectively. Yeah. Well, look, look, at look, baby. Look, look, at, look at the Miami Dolphins in the heyday when they were winning the Super Bowl undefeated. Larry Zonka was a brute to bring down. And the Oilers were always remembered. Nobody remembered Dan Pastorini and Billy White Shoes Johnson Ooh. as much as they remembered Earl Campbell. The pearl. And, you know, that's that's the thing. I've always been a big fan of the running back, premier bruisers, and I've always said, you know, uh, you got to pay them. It's kind of like in baseball. You can have a bullpen by committee. I need that closer. Well, this is the tip I'll give you before I let you go. Having just been at Jacksonville Jaguars minicamp here this past Monday, yeah. I got to see Tank Bigsby in person. Oh, I yeah. know why they brought him in now. You're going to see the Jags have a nice run game up the middle. It's not that Etienne couldn't do it. He won't have to now. Yeah, and next time I mean. you're down there at the camp, you kill that guy, Trevor Lawrence, man, the decky quarterback. He is the second coming, man. I mean, this guy is going to do some damage. I love that guy. Pass that message on. I can't wait. Hey, next week's my anniversary. I'm going to miss you, man. Hey, listen, you'll have your priorities straight. I'll see to it. We'll hold it down. I want you to enjoy yourself thoroughly, my friend. But we'll see you. Yeah, maybe uh, we'll tape it, you know, the day before or do something like that. Hey, Danielle says, hi, she can't wait to get back on. Hey, listen, pre previews are coming, and she might have to get me through the Saquon mess. I don't know, but let <laughs> me go talk to the NHL, brother. I'll see you soon. I love you, brother. Keep up the good work. The best show that's sweeping the country, man. The My Florida man. Frenzy. There you go. My man, the madman, Mark Mancini, the madman goeth. And now, listen, it's getting warm in here. Don't let the ice melt. We're talking hockey. We're about to feel the burn. What's going on there, burn? Oh, hey, bud. What's the word? Hey, I, I, listen, I even did the intro of anything about don't let the ice melt. Like, if that isn't enough of a cue, I can't help you. By the way, that's a very random rockers hat you have there. Uh, the High Point Rockers of the uh, Atlantic League. A uh, friend of mine's brother was a uh, bullpen coach for them. Now he's the uh, current head coach of the Charleston Dirty Birds. I, there you go. Uh, see, Speaking a whole other language. That's the best thing of minor baseball, minor league baseball, is some of the some of the damn team mascots and names. They're just great. The Jumbo Shrimp is a thing. The the Rocky Mount vibes and their mascot is literally a s'more. I, I, I ain't even mad at it though. Ah, that's awesome. Um, before we get into the hockey discussion, sure, I'd like to volley back because I've been in the green room listening. 
They burn um, the green room enjoying yeah. every every single minute. I'm sure. Yes, Carry on. Absolutely. Um, to be fair, the NFL you don't need a running back to win anymore. Uh, we've kind of proven that. See Isaiah Pacheco. Um, see Clyde Edwards hilarious. Uh, Ronald Jones. Um, the closer is still the quarterback to me. You need the guy who has ice in his veins in a two-minute drill to go win a ball game more than the running back position. Um, the names that were listed um, during the discussion, Earl right. Campbell, uh, did, he win a, did he win a Super Bowl in Houston? Okay, so let's be saying there. But um, we're talking about an era where the running back position was a necessity. Now you are looking at teams that are using players who are athletes in multiple roles. Right. Debo Samuel, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, guys like that that are used as athletes. Well, when's the last time Samuel's won a Super Bowl, though? Rub that in. But I think there's here's the thing, the, the part where you're absolutely right. And I tried to come back to with Mark, as you as you heard there in the in the in the, in the digital green room is it's about fit in the backfield. Right. One uh, uh, one Lamar Demetrius Jackson. I don't. And, and you heard me answer. He was like, he needs J.J. Dobbins. I, I get the 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 uh, what's his word? I don't want to say load management, but perhaps that's fewer called runs. Like, let's say they come out and they're up on the Browns 20. Hand the ball off, goddammit. You know, yeah. like that. I think that's that's where Dobbins has value. Um, I feel like expecting guys to run it and be like Steel, like Cam Newton, who can get in a car accident and chip a vertebrae and still have two successful years as a quarterback. Uh, basically being a, I don't want to say a reverse quarterback, but a run dominant quarterback, you know, I'm Lamar Demetrius Jackson is good and he's pretty big. He is not that build. And I think that's, that's kind of what he's getting there too. What's different there too. You mentioned Pacheco, buddy, as a, as a man like me, who, who respects data and outliers, you can't use anybody, anybody, with uh, Patrick Levon Mahomes the second at quarterback, that's a that's a walking outlier already. And by the way, has a better case for being a gut in his career at this point than Tom Brady ever heard. Did I said it? I'm not agreeing with you, but we've proven that you don't need the number one star, top five running back in the league to win a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, at this point, need I would say no. Um, Is I, it a luxury I, to have? Sure. I don't. I say. I think luxury is too strong. I think it depends on the makeup of your team. Um, I think we are in the middle of a metamorphosis, and you've heard this this theorem before. And I'm actually still getting pushback on it, which blows my mind. But we're living in a world where maybe the running back was air quotes used less, but that's because of pass happy teams, and you could simply keep a pass happy quarterback off the field and win. Now, mobile quarterbacks are are aren't necessary necessarily making a running back uh, 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 a an, an immediate need aren't making them I guess I'll just say necessarily a necessity but like they're able to to make it so one is less necessary and still have a balanced ground attack listen any quarterback even one that doesn't throw as good as a as a pocket passer still can make a higher percentage pass when 
the box is jammed by the defense, right? Is crowded by the defense. And I think that's the part we're losing here. It's not so much the need for a running back as Mark in his generation, completely accurately, might I add. I mean, listen, I made the argument back. You'll know this as a Bengals fan. I said in that day, in the first edition of the Student of the Game podcast, that Rudy Johnson is probably the true final bell cow running back we'll ever see. And then Derrick Henry came along. But that's how far back it, it was when I saw that position start to, uh, let I don't want to say die, but change, right? First, it was being running back by committee because running backs – have the capacity to do a whole lot of things on, on in a playbook, but you don't necessarily have a guy who could do everything. But as more guys who are trained to do everything come out, I think that necessity will return as quarterbacks become too damn expensive to hold on to. Well, I mean, perfect example here. We've talked about Lamar Demetrius Jackson, sure. um, Chicago bears in a spot. They let David Montgomery go now a Detroit lion. Um, I don't really know who their number one running back is going into the season, but Justin Fields last year ran the ball 150 plus times, either scrambling for his life behind a horrific offensive line or on designed runs Um, as a quarterback, as young as he is still in that rookie deal. um, If I'm him, I want to cut that to hundred carries. I don't want to carry the ball 150 times. I don't want to put myself in that predicament for the longevity of my career. Cause if you look at the examples, RG3 ran it a bunch, hurt, had to retire. Lamar Jackson, it's been dinged up the last couple of years. We've mentioned Cam Newton. You know, guys who, you know, they come in, they're they're big, they're explosive, they run people over, and their shelf life is four or five seasons because of you're looking at it, well, you know, we have a we have a quarterback that can run it just as good as insert running back here. Yeah. So it's like, do we really need to spend that money on a running back or do we go get defensive players and try to win a Super Bowl? Um, and I feel like that's going to start shifting more to being, we want Justin Fields to be our guy, so we need to go get a guy to relieve some of the pressure that he's going to end up having carrying the ball 150 times a year. And I think that's the J.K. Dobbins point that that Mark was trying to make. I would agree with that assessment. Um, as someone who's played them two times a year, um, you know, when Lamar is healthy, they are 100% more dangerous, but even a dinged up Lamar Jackson that can't be as explosive and you can keep him mildly contained. That offense becomes very, very, very easy to pick. It's um, different. Well, I think there are a lot of, I mean, without going too far in the weeds, everything you've said is correct, but I think the bigger factor isn't the reason why Lamar Demetrius Jackson is the big, biggest factor burn is because there ain't any other damn factors on the field anymore at other positions because they're either hurt or what have you you're not wrong so and and, but that's that's why that's why i think see that's the thing football has become so intelligent that the true chess game and, and that's not just a metaphor like there's that many pieces almost well actually yeah almost on a chessboard right it's technically 16 on a chessboard, but okay, that would be damn chaos. Uh, you know, better stretch out that field a little bit. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, but the, uh, that's the piece, like there are more pieces. So there's more going on. So there's more permutations. There's a reason why that the analytics in football aren't on players and performance, but rather on occurrence and scenarios and situations 
that's the only thing you have a true sample to track. And relatively speaking, those don't change unless you go to XFL rules. So, you know, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think um, Mark is helping us find inadvertently is that the, the playbook such that it is, has become so much more complicated than it ever was. Right. You know, five yards in a cloud of dust is a thing of the past quarterbacks not moving is a thing of the past tight ends blocking <laughs> you know I, I like I, I say that joke but you know kelsey and kittle are still pretty good at blocking i'll give them their credit gronk was an amazing blocker mm-hmm. easily in a time i'm gonna say around 2011 was the mvp of that team way ahead of brady because he was able to affect both the pass and the run game okay i said it but um, for me, like it's it's just an evolution of the game where now you have more pieces that can do more things than ever before. And then you get guys like Andy Reid who are absolutely out of their minds just coming up with stuff. It wasn't so much that Andy Reid was a bad coach in Philly. He was, in my opinion, just ahead of his time. So, Yeah, no, I would agree with that because he had all the pieces there. A healthy T.O., Donovan McNabb, the running backs that they had. He had a he had a Patrick Levon Mahomes sh- shell before Patrick Levon Mahomes even played a game at Texas Tech, you know, with Donovan McNabb and those guys. And that's a fascinating take. Literally, like just had. I mean, yes, Patrick is severely uh, ahead of Donovan McNabb as a quarterback. Let's not as let's he not, should be. They're how many years apart? You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying. Let's just, let, from, from from a standpoint of on field play. Sure. You know, Donovan was that guy also, though. Oh, I, we need seven yards here, and I have to go run for it. I'll lower a shoulder and run somebody. Yes, you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So literally, he had he had a like a prototype, and then he got the upgrade when Patrick Levon Mahomes showed up, yeah. and it's like he ran this offense, and they got to a Super Bowl. Just Tio played with a broken leg. I mean, I don't think Jalen Hurts is all that different than Donovan McNabb personally. Um, I can see that, you know, um, I would have to look at tape to see who I think is an actual better passer of the football. Um, also, Donovan had a lot more experience doing it when he got into the NFL. There's that. Um, did they run the ball at all at Syracuse? I don't think they ever did. I think he threw it 900 times a game. Well, I'll say this with Andy Reed, Brian Westbrook wasn't running the goddamn ball. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. That's not that's also true. Burn, let's talk some damn hockey. What's up, buddy? Um, uh, so, yeah, a gentleman's sweep of the Panthers. Listen, I, I know I have people who are like, sorry, the Panthers didn't win. I'm like, listen, good hockey's good hockey. You know, I, 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 I ain't mad at Vegas for winning. I just think certain haters like Jim need to stop talking so much trash. I, <laughs> sorry. See, see, Jim, Jim's talking trash. Um, for some reason, he despises Florida. Um, yeah, my ha- my hatred. Of- <laughs> yeah, my hatred for the Florida Panther organization is not as severe as Jim's. Um, sure, sure. Um, first off, um, when you look at what that Florida Panther team did, um, let's start there because we'll we'll talk more in depth on uh, obviously Viva Lord Stanley uh, getting hang out in Vegas for the next year. <laughs> um, seven injuries of major players for the for the Florida Panthers. Torn obliques, high ankle sprains, broken foots. Um, 
Anyone that wants to say hockey is not a contact sport, please go talk to any of the gentlemen uh, that were on that ice last night. No, I put it up there with collision sport. I go right past contact. Listen, I I know I'm a football guy through and through, but I'll go on record again, Burn, especially so you can hear it. Um, If I had more time, I would cover hockey. Hockey's great. I got so much respect for these dudes. Like, you know, I, I got the solar bears right here. I have fun every damn time I watch. My daughter loves it. Are you kidding me? You know, so yeah, hockey's great, and 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 they get all the respect. I had so much fun. You know, Jim over here with his Hershey's bear garb, being the chocolate bear that he is. It's beautiful. Um, the team's Hershey. That's why I called him Chocolate Bear. It's also yes. funny because he's a big white guy. Um, and then Shukri writes in here, you know, with the hockey news, talking some Boston Bruins, and 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 you know, getting all that going. So great on this show. And am I doing that mostly to prop up my my other hockey guests over and above Burn giving me five for fighting? Absolutely, I am. Bing! But still. <laughs> See, that was one big bell for the three of you. Anyways, okay. continue, sir. Um, yeah, no, but uh, the, the Florida team, what they did being down in a hole 3-1 to the, quote, greatest hockey team ever assembled, the Boston Bruins, um, and coming back and, and beating them and then, you know, going through uh, Toronto after their fans were stupid enough to say, we want Florida. Of course you want Florida. You don't want Boston. You didn't stand a chance against Boston. Of course you wanted Florida. Stop being stupid. Um, and then sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes to get to the Stanley Cup. Um, I have to give right. that floored me. That that floored. I wasn't oh, ready I, for that. I wasn't either. But I I have to say this. That goes to me personally, all on the shoulders of Sergey Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy stood on his head for 12, 17, 20 games to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um. You know, he beat a Boston team on the road in game seven. Um, That offense was putting up numbers that were ridiculous in the regular season. And Bob stood on his head to get them past uh, Boston. Then then he again, he does his job against Toronto. And then they they shut out. They shut down uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. That offense was good all year. Um, You know, honestly, to me, I think one of the things that potentially did them in was too many days off. So you think it was rust? It's one of those, and, and I've said this a lot when I talk about hockey, especially, and, and I will use the example of the Washington Capitals, the year that they won the Stanley Cup, because I am a Capitals fan. Oh, see, now Jim's interested again. Okay. Yes. Uh, Braden Holtby, in that first round series, did not play well. Benched him, put him back in, and he went on a run. The key there was that there were limited days off before the start of the Stanley Cup Finals. You want to run the hot goaltender as long as you can. The worst thing that you can do is give teams time to figure out where's there a hole. If we get more traffic in front, does does his vision go down? So that means that his save percentage goes down. You allow teams that have multi-million dollar film rooms to find every hole and way to screen and make plays and draw up designs to defeat a goalie. So the worst thing you can do if you're if you're the Florida Panthers, and you, there's nothing you can do about this. This is obviously the National Hockey League scheduling the Stanley Cup the way that they did. But the worst thing possible is that you've now given a team more time. Six, six full days to sit there and dissect you going into game one. So this is no different than than like a Nick Saban having a better record after the bye or after a bye. Then it's that concept. Correct. Okay. So 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 this is interesting. So so 
I've heard a lot of 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 rust versus rest stuff, and generally, what actually equalizes that is how injured one team really is. If if I if there was a team that was binged up, I'm not having the conversation. It's always going to be rest first because injuries suck. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you, let's just say you turned injuries off and it's Madden or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, obviously, it's not Madden; it's EA NHL. But work with me here. Um, so. <laughs> um, with that in mind, let's take the injuries and turn the injuries off. Mm-hmm. For a team like let's just say like an LA Kings who were quick centric or 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 a Rangers squad that was Lundquist centric, those teams are more susceptible to rest hurting them. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes and no, because it's one of those where if you're giving teams the opportunity, like if you're running hot, Sergey Bobrovsky was hotter than lava. Okay. He kept a he kept a Carolina Hurricanes team off the board for most of that series. Oh, okay. You want to roll right into that next game. Plus, the guys who are hurt, the high ankle sprain that should have been out four weeks, the broken foot that should have been out three to five weeks, the the oblique that needs surgery that he won't be able to skate for for three months. You don't want the injuries that you already know that you're gonna have to go fix when the season's over to not not stay warm not stay loose because now you have to get that going all over again the six days off you're allowing teams like you said nick saban why is he so good after the bye because you give him two weeks to dissect a team instead of five days you know you're 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 giving him a full week plus five days of the next week before he's really starting his game plan in practice so at the end of the day uh, this is nothing he's starting his game plan sooner is what you mean right correct so, and this is nothing against anybody in the Florida Panther organization. You know, those guys have every have every reason to hang their head and be as as proud of that organization as they can be. I think that oh, yeah, this is a high. team, right? You know, don't don't hang your head. Don't be upset about this. Um, you ran into an absolute buzzsaw. I don't it wasn't, know. It wasn't just the Golden Knights, too. It's circumstance. It is what it is. And again, mm-hmm. I will take nothing from Vegas. I I am elated that this team has done what it's done as an expansion team, man. Listen, I get it. And and that's the thing. I, I read some stuff on, on Twitter and on Facebook from, you know, Florida Panther fans and fans of hockey in general that were like, Oh, of course, you know, a team that's over the salary cap, you know, expansion team picks and picks pieces that they want. That, that's not how the expansion draft works. Let's stop. Let's stop that real quick. Yeah, not, Teams not- got the, teams got the ability to save players and then they worked out deals where it's like, we'll trade you draft picks if you don't draft this guy. If there's any kind of corruption in an expansion draft, let me show you to the National Hockey League uh, expansion draft board where I can show you 37 pieces of corruption like three minutes in. <laughs> so so if we're going to sit here and we're going to go that route, then we have a bigger fish to fry because there's nowhere in an NFL expansion draft where you're going to be like, so San Francisco, I know you don't want us to take Debo. So if you offer us like a first round draft pick and like three, four string receiver and a tight end, we won't take Debo. That's not happening in the National Football League. They're going to be like, take who you want, you jackass. <laughs> Literally. Well, I mean, that's how that's how the Texans almost got Tony Baselli until he got sick. So. Yes. so it's it's one of those things where you're looking at it and the National Hockey League, you know, and, and the Seattle Kraken made the playoffs this year. It's a good thing also, for the game. Of also, by the way, like, you know, I, I wish I had better feelings about Seattle as a fan base, but the Kraken, that was awesome. 
I enjoyed their home opener with the 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 scene on the ice. It was cool. Yeah. Um, but when I'm looking at it, Vegas, two Stanley Cup finals in the first six years of expansion, their their manager or their owner said the goal was a cup in six. Mission successful. Um, obviously losing to the Washington Capitals in 2018. That was a great series. Those guys stood on their head in that series and, and went back and forth with Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was one where I believe Florida ran out of gas and Vegas made moves that people talk about, but don't love the Jack Eichel trade going and getting a piece from the Buffalo Sabres that they were ready to move on from. And he comes in, does what he does. Jonathan Marsh assault, you know, the guys that they've had, um, you know, the, the, he was part of the expansion draft as was Riley Smith, William Carlson, Shane Theodore, Brandon McNabb, um, and William Carrier were the six that were still members of that ex- from the expansion draft that hoisted Lord Stanley last night. Um, Which sounds they, dirty when you put it like that, but I digress. You know, so it's one of those things. It's it's it, the way that this team has done it. They've done it where they took the pieces that they had. They've made moves. They've rebranded everything. They've found ways to get guys who are willing to come in and be a second or third line forward or a second or third line defenseman because I'll take a little less to play with the guys that we have, the Marsh assaults, the, the Eichels, you know, of the world, you know, they want to go play with those guys because they are great hockey players and they know that this is your opportunity to do something that not a lot of guys get the opportunity to do. Um, we, we talk about, you know, obviously Wayne Gretzky did it a t- four times. Alexander Ovechkin, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, one of the most dangerous shooters of all time, has hoisted Lord Stanley once. Connor McDavid, who they're saying is arguably the next big thing in professional hockey, can't get out of the first round. Yeah. So, I, so I, if there is a game that I will say throughout all of professional sports that you need one through, I guess it's, 24 that that you're dressing every night if there's a team if there's a sport where one through 24 if that 24th guy is going to mean something it's got to be hockey because at the end of the day it's it's one of those things hell pittsburgh penguin legend phil kessel never played after the first round of this of this playoff run with the vegas golden knights but was there was staying in shape was ready to go if something happened that's the stuff that you don't hear about that's the stuff that just gets left on the chopping room floor, um, you know, and, and the talk about Sergei Bobrovsky and the run he went on, you have to give the same credit to Aiden Hill, the, the goalie of the Vegas Golden Knights, didn't play in the first round or only played sparingly. They made the change, and that was the spark that they needed. He stood on his head the rest of the series, the rest of the season, and kept uh, kept them in games that probably shouldn't have. That's so crazy. That's what's so crazy about hockey is say what you will about streakiness in basketball. Great. You're talking about hoisting – lord stanley now i'm talking no freaking but no heat bitch yeah all right uh, for all of that but I, I i listen the stats say that home at field or ice in this case matters the least in hockey that this just the absolute way the stats show it. you don't have to agree mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. um but there's just a whole lot there that if you get streaky you know even the little things like you mentioned march assault or marsh assault rather I don't know a guy that's better designed to go to a city 
that's featured in a swamp like in Florida and have a guy named Marsh Assault be ready to go. That's perfect. Yes, that's mm-hmm. my dad joke for the night, but still. Hey, I, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, in my mind, streaky and, 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 and getting on a run like that is, and you mentioned how Florida did it with the Panthers and lost it or not with the Panthers. I'm sorry, with the hurricanes, stupid Carolina. Uh, but um, how is it that there's a Panthers in Carolina, but then a hurricanes in South Florida and Carolina? It's just very confusing. Uh, I can't we, should, be- we, we should come up with like a formal trade. We'd like to trade you this mascot and a third round draft pick in next year's mascot draft for, you know, this mascot in a second. Uh, where's the consistency? Damn it. No. <laughs> Nowhere I mean, to be found. At least, at least uh, uh, the Panthers are a state animal. What's the dang Carolina excuse? I digress. Um, no, but with all that in mind, like the, just the amount of streaky that that one has gotten in their favor, favor rather, uh, with Vegas here in this mm-hmm. in this series, man. Listen, I respect it. Good hockey is good hockey, man. I do. I do have one more thing from the series that I do want to touch on. Yeah, fire away. Um, and this one's going to tug on the heartstrings a little bit. I read this article uh, last night. Almost got emotional. Um, Father's Day weekend, obviously. Happy Father's Day to you. And you as well, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Um, Alex Petrangelo of the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, A lot of people don't know this. He was weeks away from walking away from the game of hockey. Um, His four-year-old daughter, Evelyn, um, woke up one morning with what him and his wife were hoping was the flu. Ended up being a brain lesion. Oh. And as little as six months ago, she couldn't walk. She couldn't talk. She couldn't eat. She was on the ice walking and talking. And, and one of the coolest situations that as a parent, you can see. Um, and to be there to celebrate with her father six months after potentially losing her life, her father walking away from the sport that he loves to be with her throughout all of it. So this is one of those things where like, it's not one of those things that you're, you, you think about on a daily basis, you know, um, late November of last year, she caught the flu. It was so bad that she couldn't open up her de- eyes for like five days, you know? So as, as fathers here, these moments are, are the, the moments that, you know, you'll always remember that the Vegas golden Knights were the 2023 Stanley cup champions. You may not remember the Alex Petrangelo story six months from now, a year from now, but that moment in that moment was a bigger moment for the Petrangelo family than any of us could ever imagine a sporting event being. So, you know, it's one of those where these are the cool stories that you'll find out over the next couple months. You know, it happened, and I hate to use this one, it happened with the Washington Capitals, with TJ TJ Oshie's father Mm. going through Alzheimer's and not remembering days and you know the the conversation afterwards was was tj looked up and he said i think my dad's gonna remember this one (laughs) because it was one of those moments where it was like you know he has his good days and his bad days but it's like i think this is the one day that no matter what happens he'll always remember and you know i think that this is the one moment for alex and his family um if he walked away tomorrow i think that that moment would be the moment that he would hold on to for the rest of his life like that's 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 tragic enough to be a Pixar movie intro, bro. Like, 
Yeah, man. No, good, good drop. I can't front on that, man. Wow. Um, <coughs> let me do the uh, heartless thing. The lame stream uh, forces me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, with the relative youth of the franchise, such that it is, does that translate to the lineup? And do you think Vegas is a contender next year? Um, without going into how much we're going to have to go into in free agency. Um, I would say that they are a top three team in the Western conference without a shadow of a doubt. And they will be a Vegas, all pun intended favorite, um, to at least make it back to the Stanley cup finals. I would obviously once favored by Vegas. Do we got to start hitting the Homer button? Is that yes, yes, hundred percent? I would say it's them. I would obviously say Boston's going to be in the conversation, depending on what happens with guys like Pasternak and Marshan. So those are a couple. Shuker was saying Boston's going to need kind of an overhaul. They got a whole lot of salary crap to deal. They do. That's what I'm saying. So it's going to depend on a couple of pieces that they decide to move, whether it's via trade or whether they move on from them. Um, So that's that's another team that's going to be a question. Um, Honestly, as much as this is going to pay me to say. Never count out Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. They always find a way to be fucking competitive. I hate that guy. Um, you know, obviously, I hope the Washington Capitals find a way to retool it. Um, but I think that the bigger fish to fry there is Alexander Ovechkin potentially catching Wayne Gretzky. So I don't know if that comes at the um, potential loss of playing meaningful hockey in the month of June. Um, we'll see what that bridge crosses. Um, Seattle is another team. They're young. Um, they're working through that expansion stuff. They're going to get guys that are going to want to go play there, uh, with Maddie Beaners and all those guys. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm sitting here today, obviously I think Vegas is in that conversation. I think Seattle is in that conversation. Um, and Florida has put themselves in that conversation because this team is just going to get better. Um, you know, they fleeced Calgary to get Matthew Kachuk. Now this is a destination where guys may want to go play hockey. You know, hey, those take state tax, baby. Woo! Exactly. You know, so that 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 four point seven million is actually four point seven and eight three point two five, like it would be somewhere else. So I mean, the house is too expensive. Property tax sucks. Yeah. Um. So I mean, if if you're telling me when I go to Vegas in about thirty days, if I go look at the Caesar Sportsbook, I would not be surprised if your top three favorites are somewhere along the lines of Vegas, Seattle, and Florida. So what you're trying to tell me is if you walk into Caesars, you look at the book, and Vegas is in the top three, you're going to look the bookie in the face and say, Homer. Yes, I will. <laughs> I will be there July 14th, uh, July 10th through the 14th. So when I walk in, because I am going to place a Joseph Burrow most valuable player bet, breaking news here i will be betting that that's not a horrible one what's your odds do you know yet i don't know yet we're gonna we're gonna we're just gonna shoot it whenever i get there um i will also probably bet the Bengals to win uh the afc which i think is like plus 550 right spooky doesn't know you because when you homer, call him homer, homer, that Vegas homer. exactly be homer tennis which yeah. i don't know if homer plays tennis but he does now i guess yeah so uh yeah no i think uh i think that this is a uh, all in all, this season uh, of the National Hockey League was a good one. Um, there were definitely the good moments. There were definitely the bad moments. Um, we're excited to see what happens. Um, you know, I'll do a full recap uh, show this weekend over on the Five for Fighting feed. Um, yep, we'll uh, we'll get a we'll get a full recap there. We'll talk a little bit more in depth. But uh, it's been a lot of fun 
uh, it's been fun sitting here watching a lot of hockey. You know, uh, the cool thing, you know, I have ESPN Plus. So that's all the hockey games are included with that. So, you know, there was a lot of uh, random late West Coast uh, Kraken and Vegas and LA Kings games that I watched this year that, you know, I haven't had the ability to watch in the past, um, whether it be because the NHL package cost way too much and I just already bought the baseball package or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, but it's one of those things where um, the game of hockey is, is moving in a awesome, awesome motion where, you know, people are starting to come back and enjoy the game. You know, I know the lockout really hurt the national hockey league, um, but I'm excited. The fans are coming back. I'm excited. The fans want, want this game to succeed. Um, it's so much fun to, to be a small little, irrelevant piece of the of the puzzle that gets to sit here and talk about hockey um you know it's it's just it's fun to sit here it's fun here to to be a small piece of it so you know it's gonna suck that we have to go away for a couple months but uh you know i'll obviously uh be checking in uh be a free agency and stuff like that on the the five for fighting on the huddle up inc feed uh with uh the blessings of big jim um but yeah uh you know now it's uh now we pivot to the uh the National Football League. Um, we got some fun stuff coming up uh, with that. Um, you know, obviously, I will be potentially making my Tony Reale, uh throwing things at my computer screen while you guys are on air on Tuesdays. We'll see. We'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna get you right now on air because this is what I do. All right. I am going to keep track of the Pickham's results this year. Oh, okay. So I'll know. We're going to do this right now. We're going to preface this right now. What the rules are, because here's the thing. I will grade you. I will grade you differently on the, on the huddle up feed, because all those guys take the over and then plus or minus the points. You don't have to grade me different. I just need to know the rules. Okay. So then for clarity, it'll be whomever you're taking plus or minus the points and over under. See, I'm gonna be in because I'm not a degenerate like y'all other fools. So I'm not I'm not gonna be as sharp on the betting. I mean I'm the vein. No, I'm good. Like <laughs> it's not that I have you know a problem with fiscal responsibility or anything like that. I just enjoy the game less when I have money on it. Well, you know, you don't have to put the money on it, but you can just dunk on Ernest and beat him in those i don't need to be a degenerate to do that you exactly know, but you know i what need to what Ernest is a day that ends in y you know he'll That's, say you're not me, wrong you know what you said to me about how wrong i was about the heat and other things it was devastating you remember me telling you you were wrong to me it was a tuesday <laughs> anyways that's right raul julia as Got damn him. m bison own it. I mean, not the movie. The movie sucks, but own that moment. <laughs> Anyways, Mikey Byrne, tell the people. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at they call me Byrne. Obviously, five for fighting on the Huddle Up Inc. feed. Uh, you can catch that whenever I post them. Um, been part of the the off season issue uh, editions of the Huddle Up stuff. That's been fun. Um, I think we're recording another one of those in the next couple weeks. That should be cool. Check that out. I don't know what an off season is, Mikey Burns, so I can't help you. Yeah, I don't really know either because <laughs> this is good. Be off, my off season is going to be like a month and a half. <laughs> I get a cool vacation, and then it's, we're running right back into football season. Yeah, not all not all of us can be Ernest Christian. Um, oh, shots fired! <laughs> um, 
You can also listen to me uh, take the wrestling podcast with uh, Big Jim, uh, our good friend Joe, and obviously Ernest whenever his toolbox ass actually shows up. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's it, man. Um, I appreciate you having me on. As always, it's a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, we can do it again uh, in the near future. Um, and if you guys haven't, check out the draft, uh, the draft videos that we did, you know, from the NFL draft, and see how oh, see how wrong I got. You mean the student of the game, real mock draft? Yeah, yes. no, that was a fun time, man. That was. It was a good time. Hopefully, we can run that back in twenty twenty four. Oh wow! I'm I'm hoping I have the capacity to do it. That was a lot of work, but it, Buddy, I, I bet all y'all enjoyed it. That's what I know. So. I, you know, oh, yeah. Mikey Byrne on enjoying privilege, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, man. And of course, hey, listen, that'll wrap it up for us tonight. Of course, I am Kyle Nash. Just tuning the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram as the same, the SOTG. Find me on Facebook as the student of the game. Check out my writings when I am writing more regularly uh, with the three point conversion and the black and gold banneret. By the way, if you haven't seen it yet. It might be dropping by the time you hear this on the pod. It's dropping the next day, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, as we record it. I interview Oklahoma State graduate assistant offensive line coach and former UCF center, Jordan Johnson. Uh, so I get a very unique perspective on from a Big 12 coach about coming up to get promoted into the Big 12. Very cool conversation. Check that out. That's, of course, with the black and gold banneret. Bing! Check out my work there. Also, stop by uh, mini camp. Uh, got a little action there. Some clips of UCF's Devad Wilson and a little time with Sam Jack, Samuel Jackson, uh, UCF offensive lineman there. You might have seen a clip out there on the socials, a little bit of that. Uh, I will put the whole thing out sooner than later. I'm not sure when I'm scheduling that because – Got a lot of material. And by the way, somewhere in here, I have to throw my thanks to the madman, Mark Mancini, Mikey the Burn, Bernier, a five for fighting with the Huddle Up Inc. podcast family. It's just a whole lot of fun stuff all the way around. A lot of fun. I'll be back next week. I won't have madman Mark Mancini, but I'm hoping to have a certain writer from The Athletic that I haven't had on my podcast in a long time. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But it would be be how I had a good time. There's a drop for you, if you know. Um, looking forward to that. Honor, joy, and privilege. But until next time, everyone, class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>